Hey, everybody, you're listening to Beyond 1894. This is the official podcast of Louisiana Tech University. I'm Gavin Kelly from the Office of University Communications, and I am joined today for this episode by Matthew Monty Montgomery. Uh, He's our department chair in our Department of Professional Aviation. And speaking of aviation, it's a rainy day here in Ruston. The skies aren't exactly clear, but that's okay because he's here with us. Monty, thank you for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate your time. So um, we're going to get into your role uh, as department chair because that's pretty recent, right? That happened not too long ago. Correct. We just moved here in uh, October. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you got here and into this role. Well, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess, I was moving my son into engineering. Uh, he's in a second year of engineering, so I was moving him into his apartment, and uh, I was giving him a hard time that I was going to move his mother into one side and his grandmother into the other <laughs> side, so, you know, yeah. Yeah. So we were sitting there on utility, and I love that place, you know, the pizza's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled up the ad and went through it, and I was like, oh, hey. I could do this job, you know, thinking, you know, messing with them, telling them, hey, look, I'm going to apply for this job. I click apply, you know, of course, and then, you know, comes back to me. The joke's on me. I got hired. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's kind of walk it back a little bit. Okay. Where were you before you were here at Tech? I was at Barksdale. I was working for the Global Strike Command uh, Inspector General Office. I ran the uh, maintenance inspections for the command. Okay. Gotcha. So let's go even further back. Okay. What got you into aviation and kind of what was your career path getting here? Uh, that's another good story. I was, uh, as a high schooler, I was not focused on studies, right? Gotcha. So I was very uh, chasing other things. So my GPA was uh, 1.9 when I graduated okay. high school. <laughs> okay. So all I had choices wise was, you know, either work at gas stations or whatever like that or join the military so i joined the military and uh they put me in as a nuclear weapons technician so i was initially stationed here in the 90s and bark's still there um worked there for six years and went all over the world for the next 20 years ended up back here was it something that you because it it sounds like you know you kind of just did it because it was an option was it something that you sort of discovered that you liked? I mean, you made it your career more or less for, for till now, you know, like it's been your career. So what is it about being in the career that's kept you in it? Oh, ever since I was a kid, I loved aviation. My, my father and stepmother both worked for Delta. So we were okay. around airplanes all the time. Um, so it was, to me, it was just, that's where I'm going. I always knew that maybe that's why I didn't study hard enough. <laughs> um, but it's in my blood. It's in my family for years. Um, luckily, when I got into the Air Force, uh, I, I got a lot of discipline I needed and focus. And so my my undergraduate and graduate degrees were both uh, really good GPAs uh, from Embry-Riddle. And where did those come from? Uh, it's Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Okay. So they're the university that uh, really gives the military options so I can work any base in the world and technically go to Embry-Riddle. So this is an interesting, I guess, question or way to ask this question because a lot of times we have guests on here and we ask about what was attractive about Louisiana Tech that made them want to be a part of the you know Tech family, like mm-hmm. we say, and how they ended up here. But it sounds like you... <laughs> I mean, you joked that it was almost as a joke that you applied mm-hmm. here, 
But since taking on the role, what about the aviation program at Louisiana Tech stands out to you? Why is it something that you, you know, are happy to be doing? Um, aviation, through the military, you have to train. You always have to train, right? And so that's the part that I always loved. Uh, you know, it is a jest that I ended up here, but that was my goal was to end up teaching somewhere. Um, looking through the requirements and everything else, uh, I was actually starting to work on my doctorate through LSU, and I, I got sick for, you know, during COVID, whatever else, so that was put off. So I thought it was actually a dead uh, uh, want, you know, a dead goal until I found the ad. So this, and it's what I tell my students everything, is this is technically just treat me like a freshman. I'm, you hmm. know, this is the first time I've been on a campus, and I love it, you know, that the students out there interacting every day with the music, you know, and, the, and it's just so neat. Not only the environment, but the role is, you know, new to you and mm. kind of sudden and being sort of slotted into that kind of in the middle of the school year. Uh, what have been some challenges for you uh, taking on this leadership position? Oh, the challenges from external, you know, only government and Air Force. I, I didn't have any of the knowledge required to even understand the difference between tenure and associate and instructor, you know. So the challenges is just a mountain of things I don't know. So luckily a lot of it's in policy and I can go and read it and everything else or I can, you know, find people like you to bug to, to <laughs> get me to know what to do, you know. And There's a lot of great people here and I think that's the other neat thing about this the, the people make the place you know um we like to make fun of like pasquale for you know not making us pizza and that kind of good stuff sure. but you know he's he's just one of those neat people same with mark quinn you know it's mm -hmm. another one of those you're just like oh man i like the dude right away two seconds you know yeah. talking to him you know same with my boss carl Poliak. he's mm -hmm. you know another awesome people and just a canvas full of them it's great yeah, and all, for the record, all three names you just mentioned have episodes of this podcast. So if yeah. you're listening and you haven't heard those episodes with those guests, uh, go back and take a listen. So I think you're sort of hitting on the idea of Louisiana Tech being special, and I think that feeds into the aviation program being special. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how the program is the enrollment's kind of capped right now. You're having to you know turn people away because it's such a popular program here. Why do you think that is? It's, it's due to our resources. So we're very resource uh, dependent, specifically on the airplanes. Uh, so we have 13 aircraft, and, and I only can put a number of students through those aircraft before maintenance delays and, and or just the time. You know, there's only a certain amount of time I could be operating daily. So we're at around 160 private pilot or 160 PRAV students. Um, so based on 13 airplanes, it was like 20 students per airplane, you know, and, and they need to get around 250 hours per airplane. So it's, it's really the airplanes that are our resource restriction. So when a student comes into the aviation program here, um, what normally do they have in mind for their career after here? Oh, that's great. And and it's a good time to be in aviation. They can go anywhere. Everybody wants a private pilot. You know, um, the military, years ago, um, you couldn't get into a fighter. 
that was all reserved for the academy grads. And nowadays, from external, you can get into fighters. So, mm. so that's huge. And then, of course, you can get to regional jets. You can fly, you know, from Shreveport to, to Denver or wherever else and just enjoy life. Or you can get in the heavies and then go overseas and, and fly the big Boeing Airbuses. So it's really the sky's the limit, you know. <laughs> no pun intended, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when a student enters the aviation program, it's obviously it's a demanding curriculum, mm-hmm. right? And there's obvious things like, you know, you have to get flight hours and things like that. But what sort of makes it a different undertaking for a mm-hmm. student as opposed to other majors? The the class schedule isn't that bad. Uh, we don't we don't make them take you know calculus and, and all those really hard ones that uh, you know the engineers are just you know laugh at people like me that can you know barely put x and y together. Um, our our curriculum is really it's the cost. Um, the flight program costs an average sixty five thousand dollars, and so that's their mountain to climb. You know, whereas whereas others, you know, the calculus is the kick out. It's it's ours is the funding. We get a lot of students in that that try to fund it while they work or something like that. And and what happens is is you know they're working as much as they can mm-hmm. and putting money into the flight account, and then they can only barely fly you know four or five times a month. Mm-hmm. And so that's why our drop rate rate's so f- high is at 65%, or 65,000, excuse me. And is that kind of, is that about average and normal? Like, how, how does that compare to other flight programs in the country? We're about mid-average. Okay. Um, with Louisiana benefits, with TOPS and that kind of stuff, um, we're, we're better for Louisiana residents. Mm-hmm. But there are some that are cheaper out there. Um but there are some that are way, way more expensive, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Embry-Riddle, like I said before, uh, where I came from, my degrees anyway, uh, they, their mount, they have hundreds of aircraft and simulators and that kind of thing. But their cost is 125000 Wow. Yeah, for the flight program. Is that a balance? Is that number a balance here that makes sense between what you're paying for and what you get? I have to imagine that because the program is in so high demand that it's, you know, it's expensive, but it's not like you're overpaying for something, you know, a, a non-prestigious degree or something, right? Right. Yeah, you're, you're hitting that on the head. It's it's a good price for the product because when you're done with this, and there's throughout industry, they know us, they look for us. You know, we talk to hiring panels all the time. They're like, oh, we like the Louisiana Tech students. Come over here, you know. Um, so it's it's really good. And then when they get into the airlines their pay is huge i mean delta yeah. just capped their pay for pilots at 550,000 so that's definitely not you're going to get 550,000 when you show up you'll you know right, your right, 30th right. year you'll be at that mark but still it, it, it's huge yeah that's big time and you know you mentioned sort of hiring partners and things like that there have been recently um a couple of partnerships with the Department of Aviation here with airlines, things like that, that have really are really going to benefit students in the long run, help them fast track sort of their career and things like that. Can you touch on those for a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, that that's one of my number one goals is, is to take care of the students. Um, so what we have when I showed up was a agreement with United. Mm-hmm. So the students, once they get their private pilot, they can sign up with United and get streamlined into the United Airlines, which means they'll go to they'll get a job with regionals, fly regionals until they get to their thousand hours, and then they'll start into United. 
So just recently, Southwest came in and, and we did a contract with them. So we're under contract to provide the same type of services for the student for Southwest. And that's really huge to all our students because that's all local. You know, mm-hmm. the hubs for Southwest are right there in Houston, uh, Dallas Love, and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can go all through the West, which is really neat. Or, uh, you know, with United being out of Houston and um, where else are the Denver and something else are their hubs. So, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's all like it's a safety net too. You know, how, mm-hmm. how good is it to enroll and essentially know that if you want to work in a career for this airline, it's almost guaranteed if you if you make the right decisions and choices within the program. Right. So our hire rate, once you, once you have your certificates and you have a PRAV degree, is 100%. Wow. Yeah. Everybody's coming to me and wanting students. So it's like they don't have to try anymore. It's it's so great to be in aviation right now. It's good to know. I mean, like like we talked about, there's a reason that the program is at capacity. Um, so we're talking about these partnerships. We touched on your role. Um, and even though it's still new-ish to you, um, I have to imagine that you came into it with – sort of a vision for the program and I have to imagine that's developing too and changing as you move along talk about sort of things you want to see from this program moving forward or sort of just your take on the aviation program yeah we have uh, we definitely I walked in with goals and I uh, talked with the staff Um, it's really important to me the first six months that you you know find out what's going on so you don't break something really good right (laughs) so yeah we we looked through everything we could and uh my staff's great. We right away thought about uh, we're going to start our uh, our master's program. We're going to team up with college business. Mm-hmm. So we'll soon in fall of 24 have an MBA with the aviation concentration. Okay. Wow. And that'll be completely online. So any of the air, airmen working in, in the industry to, you know, uh, aviation management can come in there and get this degree. And we've got a lot of great uh, interest in it from nearly everybody I talk to, they're like, what? You guys are doing this? Yeah. You know, so it's exciting, you know. And, and that goes back to the staff. You know, it's, it's the staff's idea. It was their direction, and we're just putting that in place. Um, some of the other things we're looking at is we're going to grow our fleet by another five aircraft in the next five years and for our 50% growth in enrollments. How we get that airplanes is uh, we're going to work with a foundation. We're going to work with alumni. We're mm-hmm. going to, if I have to get out there and wash cars or airplanes yeah. every week, that's what <laughs> we're going to do. You yeah. know? It's important enough to get those airplanes there, especially since, you know, we're turning away so many students. Um, more airplanes, the more I can put out mm-hmm. there, you know, get through the program. Yeah. Um, some of our older goals are increasing aviation management's worth. Um we're working with several local uh, maintenance organizations. What we're going to try to do is contract out the airframe and power plant certifications to those maintenance organizations so we can team that up with our aviation management concentration, and then we'll be able to offer a four-year degree with an AMP, you know, airframe and power plant certifications. Okay. So we can actually start producing mechanics, which will be huge because that's another uh, – mm-hmm. we don't have it in Louisiana. We need it in Louisiana. And so it, it'll be great once we get there. Yeah, and one of the biggest things you just mentioned was being able to increase enrollment with a bigger fleet. And with a new element to the program, I'm sure that will also increase enrollment. And um, 
when you couple that with what you said about essentially just that job safety, that career safety coming through the program and then being able to do what you want with the degree, make good money, and then, you know, essentially be guaranteed a job. That's going to be big to be able to increase enrollment and guarantee that those those students, that same success coming through Louisiana Tech Aviation. So I can see why that's part of your vision. Um, this is just a, a random question for you because I just thought about it while you were talking. How often do you get to fly? Oh, I don't. I'm a, I'm a maintainer. So uh, I've, I've always been a maintainer, which okay. which is basically the guys that are out there keeping the airplanes in the air. Um, I was a nuclear weapons maintainer, so I'm a okay. really specialized, unique. <laughs> Our quality level is uh, so, so ridiculous. It's uh, a lot of people just laugh at us because, you know, you, you talk about how many people it, changed, it takes to change a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Nuclear weapons, it's about five with two people inspecting you while you yeah. do it. Yeah. I was, about to, I was about to say this is probably a loaded question, but what is that even like, you know? It's a lot of fun. Um, you get in your hands, you know, dirty, for instance, you know, you get tear them apart and mm-hmm. clean them. And that, that's basically what we do is just tear them apart, clean them, because luckily they'll just stay in storage, hopefully for the rest of our lives. Um, something else I just thought of, uh, and I think <clears throat> this is an interesting element of the aviation program, mm-hmm. is the flight instructors a lot of times are just former or even current students who are, you know, pursuing higher levels of it. So what is that to a student to be able to learn from someone who's doing it, has just done it? What You know, like, I feel like that's a special sort of connection that happens within the program. Yeah, it's it's really good because they're right near the problem. They know mm-hmm. the what it takes to get through it. So, you know, on that case, it's it's really awesome. You know, sometimes we get varying degrees of success in the teachers. So it's another one of my initiatives is to provide better train the trainer so we can get those people to understand that, you know, you can't just go out there and train a person and figure that's going to how you can train everybody. Right. Because everybody's unique and, you know, some people's a really verbal or visual learner or, you know, so they have to learn those techniques. Mm-hmm. And that's the only the only drawback of immediate students is they don't have that life experiences to know, hey, you know, sometimes it isn't great to yell at the student while you're <laughs> trying to fly an airplane because they might freak out, you yeah, know, which sure. is a bad thing. <laughs> but it also, like, again, there's no sort of standardized version of flight instructor training because they're teaching them what they learned and the way they learned it and sort of the pilot that they are. So it makes sense to, you know, consider that not only does everyone learn different, but everyone teaches different. Yes. And they are so close in age and experience that it's valuable. It's, it, I guess invaluable would be a better word, but it does sort of create a different dynamic. It's different from mm-hmm. a professor or a teacher or a flight instructor who's been around for a while and well said yeah, yeah and knows how to teach yeah. so um just an interesting dynamic that i think but I, I i have heard a lot of students speak highly of being able to learn from someone that close and experience and age to them so i think that's a special part of the program before i let you go monty um talking about the department of aviation today and there's always events going on we just recently had AFest. um what are some of the ways that the department makes sure to periodically and consistently celebrate people who come through the program or who are in the program. I think that's one of the 
biggest surprises to me is is how the alumni support us and how they love the program. Mm-hmm. There's so much heart and passion with those guys. It's just impressive. I mean, I get calls, emails all the time from them. You know, they're looking out for us, and it's great. Um, so what we can do for them and what we need to continue doing is, you know, is, is be there for that ad fest and, and then get the students out there th- so they can see that meet these people because they're in the industry mm-hmm. and can help them. Um, in fact, some of the alumni are, are wanting to set up a mentorship program. So if we can get that going, we can actually, you know, give some of our students a mentor within the industry a senior captain too yeah. that's flying you know boeing 76 and sevens or 747s you know and that would kind of be like a shadowing type thing or or just like periodically talking to them and learning about the industry period yeah initially periodically uh talking to them and then so they can get questions of hey how long till i can get tenure or, or till i get enough seniority mm-hmm. excuse me so i can like figure out uh can I stay at a location or how many times do I have to move or how many times do I have to uh, get the red eye because, you know, I don't have the seniority yeah. that these other captains do. Every time I talk to somebody about the aviation program, I'm reminded how how big a part it plays mm-hmm. um, in the College of Liberal Arts at the university here. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here today and tell us not only about the program, but getting to know you a little bit better. Um, I appreciate it, Monty. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.